Of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Hi, Marcus. How are you? Good. Glad to be here. Good. We used to review religiously every Impact Wrestling show until it got far too much for us because they were dreadful and and they were truly awful. And so we actually encouraged other people to start a podcast to look at mainstream American wrestling. So we didn't have to anymore. And the current. Uh, leader of the ship is Mr. Darrow O'Connor. Hi, Darrow. Ahoy. Yeah, and uh, he is come here to jointly present this show with us about Slammiversary by Impact Wrestling because John Dinsdale, hey, John. Hello. Suggested that we do this show this week. So we're going to have a four-way review of Slammiversary, which is something we haven't done for quite a while. And I suppose we best really look at where the company is at and their opinions on Impact Wrestling before we get started. Marcus, you have been the longest standing Impact viewer along with me on this show. So where do you think the company is currently at before we go into Slammiversary? Mm. Well, certainly uh, it's better than it's been in, in uh, regimes past, I'll say that. Uh, I, I feel I feel good where it's going, where it's at right now. It, Feels like it has some momentum building. Um, a lot of interesting points, certain things uh, stirring around in all the divisions, tag, women's, X division, and obviously everything's uh, swirling around the world right now. World title, anyway. Uh, but I, I like where it's going, specifically with uh, potential collaborations and such. So, uh, like I said, this regime, more than most, has been more consistent for me, personally. And um, between the talent that's come back, new talent that's come in and potential talent that's about to come in uh i, I think i think they're doing a lot of stuff right uh far more than they've done in the past so okay then dara you are a long time impact wrestling fan where do you think the company is at the moment um yeah like again like you guys i uh, in for different uh different life was reviewing impact pretty uh religiously and uh, it got terrible. And it was really, really bad. So yeah, I, I think that is kind of like the you know the Alcoholics Anonymous you know story for most Impact fans, where it's like, yeah, we just couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> but ever, ever since uh, Anthem took over and they kind of got their got their their stuff together, it's been it's been really good. Like in on the rewind last year when the, when the pandemic was deep, um, you know, we even said it's the best wrestling show going. You know, for just as a pure wrestling show um and I, I would still say that you know even though the fans are back and it's you know a lot of the guys on the show look homeless um so <laughs> it's just weird they all they look really homeless but it's still a really good show and i think uh you know there's a lot there um with collaborations and the, the actual in-ring product um it's great you know it, it it is very much an indie show now uh like really is an indie show but it's an enjoyable indie show and he found a niche so i would say you know we're in for a good discussion today because this was actually a very good show. Okay, then. And finally, the man that brought all four of us to this particular dance. John, where are you thinking Impact is at right now? 
See, Impact is so much different to when I watched it because it was one of the sort of programs that brought me back into wrestling because TNA used to be on, like, Bravo. And since WWE was unwatchable yeah. anymore, I used to watch, like, the really violent stuff from that. So you'd have, like, <laughs> you'd have, like Elevation X matches, Fish Market Street Fights, Barbed Wire Massacres, and whilst most of that's kind of by the wayside you still get the old barbed wire massacre it's it's really fun to watch like i saw some of the god-awful dixie carter stuff i saw some of the god-awful stuff <laughs> from a few years back and so i was just like yeah i'm just i'm gonna i'm gonna leave that but i don't know as everyone seems to think like with anthem coming in it's sort of they've righted the ship a bit there's new talent coming in old talent coming in people continuously sort of cycling there's partnerships it's all going quite well for impact now and it's rather fun to watch i think um much like ring of honor having a parent company means they will never lose money and that i've given them the freedom to be creative and sign some people and uh they've done a lot with the talent that they've picked up from other people in other places um they have got rid of a lot of deadwood in the last couple of years who were particularly awful for their reputation and there's still a bit of that kicking around in the companies i'm sure we'll no doubt discuss but overall there is a lot more to be good said to be good about um impact wrestling than there is bad at the moment and um yeah so let's just move on to the actual show the actual show started with a dark match which was decay havoc and rosemary they defeated fire and flavor kira hogan and tasha Steeles after their impressive inaugural knock, Knockouts Tag Team title run. Um, I'm sure this had absolutely nothing at all to do with the fact that Kira Hogan's t- uh, contract ran out the following day. So they have had something to do with it. Uh, any thoughts on this particular matchup, guys? Because it was a dark matchup. I'm not sure if all of you have seen it. It was on the M pre-show. Yeah. So, what did you think I of it, John? Thought, yeah, it was fine. I love Decay because Rosemary is one of my like favorite wrestlers in the company. Havoc's gotten so much better and is a total monster and fire and flavor. Just really damn good at what they do. It was a nice little sort of warm up for the fans. In fact, it was the first chance we got to see the fans back. And yeah, they weren't dicks. It was just fun. I think so as well. I mean, I I love fire and flavor. I'm kind of sad to lose them to see them lose the tag team titles, but I understand it's. It's not best practice to have a championship on a wrestler you may not be signing in the next couple of days. So these are the way things are, I suppose. Anyone else got anything to say on Fire and Flavor as they, well, are forcibly broken up for the company? Because they've been really interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, I am agree with you fellas, man. I'm a huge fan of Fire, uh, Fire and Flavor. I think, you know, putting them together was brilliant. Um, and, and like, John, it kind of sucks to see them you know, drop them tags. I wanted them to continue their run because I just think, you know, even without the tags, they were brilliant. But, you know, um, having them just just added to the bravado. But on the other side, I can't be mad at Decay. Um, I love Decay. I love the addition of Black Tarus. I think he's been um, really, really a great, you know, muscle addition for them. He's so dynamic in the ring and crazy. Steve's up his game. Rosemary has always been a gem. Haven't always been the biggest fan of Havoc, but like John said, she has improved, and I think she's been a unique and interesting addition to to tag with Rosemary, considering the fact that she was, you know, having a real interesting uh, situation going on with Taya, 
Well, I thought they vibed real good, but obviously they had to switch and uh, make another move. And I think with the history of everything that's happened with those characters involving um, Sinister James, uh, James Mitchell or whatever, uh, I just think that that fits and makes sense. Uh, for me, I like the match. I thought it was good. I thought it should have actually replaced another match that we'll get to specifically because it was a <laughs> title match. Um, but, you know, I think the most disappointing thing for me was the news that we found out later about Kira, uh, which is disappointing, but hey, it happened. So, you know, you kind of got to roll with the punches. And like I said, I can't be mad at a decay victory because that, that faction has been far more than I think uh, it, it ever, you know, was planned to be. So, mm. Darrow, have you got anything to add? I actually didn't watch the pre-show there, but I just had a, had a look at it there as you guys were talking. Um, yeah, it seemed like a fun match. I really like Havoc and Rosemary um, as performers, but uh, yeah, you know, they need they they need performers like that to have the belts. Uh, it's a safe it's a safe bet to put them on. You can market them quite well, and you know they're they're not amazing in the ring, but they're not terrible either. Um, the match itself was alright. Uh, it was crazy to see Tombstone Paul Driver. Like anytime you see one on like. <laughs> uh, mainstream American wrestling, even though you know it is an indie promotion in a lot of ways. Um, every time you see it, you're like, oh, there it is. Um, so it was a cool way to see it, to to end off the the match and fair play to Havoc and Rosemary for picking up the the win and the belts. It should. Oh, here's the thing. This should have been on the main on the main card. I don't know why it wasn't. Can I just say that? No. that was ridiculous that it wasn't. That was a poor move. Yeah, I think so as well. It's like you put your title matches on the main card. Yeah, like you know? seriously, that that's something the the big evil WWE do as well. It's like stop doing that. You know, belt should always yeah. be on the main on the main on the main card. The only thing that shouldn't be on the main card is uh, Cody Rhodes. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, uh, Dara uh, does does not like Cody Rhodes, John Marcus. I'm I'm pretty sure you're aware of that by now. Um, we'll move on. <laughs> To the second match, the opener of the actual pay-per-view, which was an awesome X match for the Impact X Division Championship, lasted 15 minutes and 45 seconds and was won by Josh Alexander, who defeated Ace Austin, Chris Bay, P. Williams, Rohit Raju, and Trey Miguel. This is perhaps one of the most talented X Divisions we've had for quite some time, and it kind of shows off in this match. I'm not a big fan of multi-man matches, so the people who've listened to me will know. But this did exactly what an X Division match would do. It made you go, ooh, it made you go, ah. There was lots of big spots and lots of big bumps. And this did what it said on the tin and achieved a result. It got Josh Alexander over as an X Division champion because you can really say you're a dominant X Division champion if you haven't done the ultimate X Division match. John, we'll start with you. What were your thoughts on this? This was incredible. Like, I always love ultimate X matches and... I was really pulling for Josh Alexander in this match. I think his reign's been awesome, and I'm just glad to see him finally get the run he deserves. And yeah, just the amount of talent in this match is incredible. The amount of spots was awesome. There are so many gifable or just like pictureable moments without any of them feeling forced. You just sort of look at them, and you're like, of course they did something like this. <laughs> and I love the sort of little twist ending they pulled with Ace Austin because I genuinely thought you might steal it at the end there, which would have been a net win for me because I love Ace Austin as well. There's just so much to enjoy in this match, and it was the perfect way to open the show because it's chaotic. And yeah, just absolutely awesome to watch. Yeah, it was it was it was fun. I have to say that it was fun. And 
Yeah, my personal favourite would, would be Petey Williams' Super Destroyer, just because it's a Super Canadian Destroyer. But Super Destroyer sounds better because that was um, the name of a British wrestler whose name escapes me now. Pete Roberts, Super Destroyer Pete Roberts. Giant Baba's greatest naming creation, in my opinion. Anywho, uh, Marcus, what are your thoughts on Ultimate X? Man, this was a thrill ride from start to finish. Uh, I've been continuously amazed, particularly with this uh, particular group of, of uh, like you said, James, this X Division. Because we know these guys are professionals, and this has been a long standing. This is a pillar in the company, this match, and obviously the division itself. But I've been continuously amazed at just how this particular regime have made matches like this um, look effortless. Because, obviously, like I said, we know they're professionals, but we have seen all those reverse battle royals and all these other match concepts that TNA has had in their in their storied history. <laughs> and they have been, pardon my French, other clusterfucks. But yes. these, these showings with these particular men, no matter how many different scenarios they've been put in, whether it's been Ultimate X or just uh, uh, you know six man or whatever have you, they've made them look effortless. And it's it's you know I never get tired of seeing it. And all these guys are absolute studs. Um, particular fans of Chris Bay, Rohit, and Trey, but definitely of Josh, who could have really and like in the old regime kind of got left. It's nothing but fodder in the wake of the North no longer being a thing. But he stepped up in a major way and been an absolute um, stud with that championship and, and really stepped up and told the company, like, look, until y'all get that strap back on somebody who actually works for this company, I'm the guy. So, you know, he's absolutely showing that now. And uh, this was a this was a show stealing match. Like, this was a follow this match to kick off tonight. So. Yeah, I like the fact that Josh Alexander has quietly turned face seemingly without anyone noticing. Also, Rohit Raju is a guy who wants to win wrestling matches. And in this division, you so rarely get that. You have people talking about how great they are and how great performances they are. And Rohit Raju doesn't care. He just wants to win, which is kind of the point. And I like that a lot. He is sneaky, but he's trying to win. And people seem to forget that in uh, a division that's like premeditated on excellence in their matches. It's just a bit strange that people don't like go out all for the win all the time. And that's the bit that makes me smile about it. Dara, what are your thoughts on this match? Oh, man, this was great. Um, I love Canadian Destroyers, so I need the way this match <laughs> end was amazing. Um, but yeah, look, you know, a couple of things on this. There's some... It's it's overall positive. So this is the way TNA Impact Show should always open. They should always open with a multi-man uh, spot, jumpy jump, flip flip match. You know, always. It's just, it's just <laughs> the way that Impact is supposed to be booked. And it's been, you know, it's been that way since time immemorial. Oh, absolutely. And it should never change. Bring out the unfillers. Let them jump around. Don't sell anything. It'll be grand. You know, have a good time. Um, <laughs> you know, and that's the way it should be. And Ultimate X is one of the you know one of the the main things that put impact on the map so this was great you know it was brilliant way to um you know to have the fans there and you know let them scream and shout it was great the only thing about it is like you know pd williams is fantastic but you know he's always been fantastic i'm glad to see josh alexander won i think uh that was the right call um the only thing about it is like the negative side of this is a lot of these lads you know it, it it's still the way it is with the ultimate with the x division division you know as a whole <sighs> what's the nice way to say it they, they kind of come off like jobbers 
Uh, you know, even though they're not, like, there's no real kind of importance in it. it by putting them on first, it's like they're never going to go higher in this. And we've talked about it on the show, particularly with the when we look at WCW shows, where, like, the cruiserweights will go in and steal the show, but then you kind of forget about it. And the danger of doing it this way is you can forget about it. Now, that's one thing that this regime could work on. They could actually try and build these up a little bit more than just going out and doing the flips, you know, because um, they're supposed to mean something. And that's the only thing that I would say. Like, there's there's some matches on the show that doesn't, that didn't deserve a slot on their, like, uh, WrestleMania SummerSlam equivalent show. You know, uh, yeah. this definitely did. And I just wish these guys were given a bit more of uh, a big a big fight feel because it was amazing. It was a show stealing match. But at the end of the day, if you're talking to an average wrestling fan, they're probably not going to know who Chris Bay or Trey Miguel is. You know? So yeah. that that that's the yeah. only negative. It's not a negative. It's just something to be aware of because it's a shame all these guys are great. It's a shame that if they do get lost in the shuffle, you know, that's See, that's the thing, isn't it? Especially when you're pushing your champion, Josh Alexander, against Kenny Omega next. Yes, that's it. See, that, yeah, exactly. The, and, and which is, is which, I, which I think is the, which I think is the right thing to do because he's yeah. the only guy on men on the men's roster I'd want to see wrestle Kenny Omega because yeah. he's the he's the guy they're building up. But if he's only beaten six people in the opening five of the people in the opening match, there's a credibility issue there. There is, and you know, it, it, it's you know, particularly bringing in some of the the ex WWE guys. Um, you know, this is what happens. You know, they kind of get lost in lost in the. Oh well, you weren't in WWE, but you know, here's Big Kaz. Okay, <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's just kind of a, it, it's just kind of something that when I see it happen, I'm like, oh, we've been here before. You know, I'm sure everyone on this on this show now is like, yeah, you know, we've we've seen this before. So it's just one thing to that I will be watching. And uh, if it creeps into it too much, it's the uh, same mistakes we made again. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think this is the thing. is like this next match doesn't suffer from it because it's its own thing. Um, but other matches on this card could have been longer and could have been shorter if they're depending on what they were trying to do. But we'll talk about that when we get to them. Everyone's had their go on that one, haven't they? So let's move on to the next match. Matt Cardona and Chelsea Green defeated Brian Myers and Daniele Dashwood in six minutes and five seconds in a perfectly fun intergender wrestling match. What was bizarre about this is it's the most WWE-ish match you can possibly think of involving a Ring of Honor wrestler who can't wrestle in Ring of Honor because she has a broken arm but was apparently cleared to wrestle for Impact, which is a bit weird. We'll start with Marcus, your thoughts. Yeah, this is the exact match I said shouldn't have been on the show. Um, <laughs> for me, um, just like I, I definitely respect everybody in this match. I've seen them in all different forms, variations, but it just it did nothing for me. Um, you know, to, it's cool to see Chelsea Green having some more flexibility in her career, but I she she really just that doesn't move me at all. Um, Brian Myers has been. More entertaining since adding Sam Bill. Um, that's about it. And Tanil and Caleb kind of just been floating around. Um, and obviously Cardona is 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 getting an elevated taste of violence elsewhere. 
But uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't need to. This just needed to be on the show for me. Um, it, it's cool. I mean, it's it's cool that again we've seen another wrestling couple, and it's even I guess more interesting that they were facing um, Cardona's ex, and and also in the interim. But that was about all the intrigue I got out of it. So yeah. It does. It does feel like Matt Cardona and Brian Myers have been wrestling each other for about four years. Or I maybe that's just me, but they have been feuding since they both came back to Impact Wrestling, and they came back to Impact Wrestling a year ago. So it seems like a very, very long time. It's like every time I would turn on Impact, and I don't watch every week. I watch every couple of weeks, and now that's Matt Cardona and Brian Myers again. Um, in variations of matches that they've had, but I did, I think there was a, the actual match itself. There was nothing wrong with it. Like the nuts and bolts of it were fine, um, yeah. just a bit odd in placement and stuff. Dara, what are your thoughts on this? Hi, uh, it had Emma in it. Come on, brilliant. <laughs> to Neil Dashwood, she hasn't been Emma for like five years, dude. St- still Emma to me. Um, <laughs> I know. I, 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 you know, Danielle Tashwood. Anytime she's there, it's it's great. But to be fair, there was no real reason for this to be on, like the second biggest pay per view of the year for them. Um, yeah. nothing was achieved. You know, it was just it just kind of <laughs> happened. You know, it was just like, all right, that's that's fair enough. You know, uh, second Canadian destroyer though, that was cool. Yes. Well, it was yes. like, all right, fair enough. You know, uh, it, it, you know. This is the problem when they start going back to the well too much. It it loses any kind of uh, any kind of uniqueness. Um, you know, we, we've seen variations of this happen before, and there was no there was no um, stakes to it. There it it was something that if you weren't watching the show or aware of it, you'd be confused about what it was. You know, um, and when you have to bring real world stuff into a wrestling show, when it's you know it's not really the point of it, it should just stand by itself. Um, yeah, you know, you can just see to move it off. Like we could have had anything else here, but uh, I think all the all the there's I like everyone involved in the match. Don't get me wrong, but uh, there was a better way to use all of them, and this just wasn't it. I I like shout out to Caleb Connolly, who's managed to stay employed in professional wrestling for a very long time as the yeah. ultimate Swiss Army knife of character-based mid mid card wrestlers and managers. I like him a lot. He was on NWA last year just as a regular wrestler. And I'm like, but you should be doing something silly. <laughs> <laughs> just like wearing black tights and black boots. And I'm like, but well, you're good and everything. But like, why aren't you doing something ridiculous? This doesn't seem right. Anyway, John, your thoughts. I don't get why they were trying to build this as a surprise. It was just like, oh, who's Cardona? Cardona <laughs> be? It's like, I'm sorry, but you've been dropping hints for the past few weeks. The only thing that would have partially thrown us off was the injury news, but even then, impact finds a way. It's gonna be a hot, <laughs> be a hot mess. <laughs> I was I was watching this, and it's a perfectly fine, like serviceable match. There's nothing too groundbreaking on it. It's nice to see Chelsea Green wrestling again, I guess. But it's just like, okay, this is cool. Though. When's Nick Gage gonna come out and try and impale Matt Cardona with a wrestling? <laughs> that, that's all I was waiting for. I was like. Come on, give me Gage, give me Gage, give me Gage, and he just never appears, and it's it's sad. I don't get why. He's got. I was going to say he's got slightly bigger fish to fry on a different night of the week, namely legendary Canadians. 
I I had goosebumps for that. I'm not even going to pretend to bullshit around. I'm sure, I, was... I, 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 I can imagine you might have weed a bit. Christ, I'm not that bad, but like I was, <laughs> I saw it. I was just like, he's bullshitting, right? He's bullshitting, right? Now. <laughs> like, oh my! God. Anyway, back to back to Impact. We don't. They're already being overshadowed yes. by AEW enough. Let's let's not ruin it in their own review. Okay then. Sorry, my but bad. Yeah. Just, yeah, this this match was fine, but I'm I agree that this didn't need to be on the main card. Like I'd have probably put the tag titles, women's tag titles match in this spot. Like instead, you could still like cool everything down after that like X Division firehouse with the tag titles instead of this. Yeah. I, I yeah I mean I I actually would have swapped the next match into the opening show mainly for the basic reason um, you've got a new wrestler in W Morrissey who hasn't been seen much on your television show so give him the widest possible possible audience to get him over but we'll talk about that match in a minute but I agree with you I think this match was perfectly fine nothing wrong with it it was cool there were some cool spots in it the fans really loved Chelsea Green she was way over. Um, but yeah, it just seemed a bit overdone and pointless. But there you go. Um, yeah, so we move on to the next match, which was W Morrissey. Kaz, as he used to be known in WWE, and he defeated Eddie Edwards in a match that was 11 minutes long and was far too long and had a bit of a squib ending and I really didn't like it at all. Uh, Dara, your thoughts? Oh, uh, it was the worst thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I... Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I didn't like this at all. I, I understand that Morrissey is a big get for them, but he's really not. This is not, this is not a grab for them. This is, you know, I think it's, it's a poor mistake. You know, like when Kaz was Kaz, he got over not for himself. He got over as part of a, uh, got over as part of a tag team, and mm. he was never the one that anybody wanted to see. Um, I just, I don't, I don't get it. Um, you know, and then Edwards going out and just getting battered. It's like. Okay, you know, because if someone can explain to me what this was supposed to achieve, um, I'd like to know. Like, I know it was obviously to get him over, but again, this is something that could have been done on TV. It didn't need to be done on a pay-per-view. Yeah. You know, it was yeah. like, this is an angle that you would shoot before pay-per-view. I'm not even a big pay-per-view. You do it for one of your, your, one of your normal shows, and then you would build up this feud to this. Like, if you were booking this logically, They'd have yeah. one or two matches, and then this eleven-minute match would have been a cage match or something. You know what I mean? Like logic dictates that there's there's bits missing here because there are, and I don't know. It just felt very uh, the last match and this match felt very uh, hollow for me. The, the show started to dip um, because of stuff like this, you know. Yeah, I mean, no, he's not a get. You're right. He's a famously toxic, difficult to work with guy who dragged the locker room down in WWE, and that's the reason why he can't find work anywhere else. Having said that, Impact have made those kind of guys their bread and butter for the last 10 years, and they've managed to get some good things out of these people. Um, but you're right. It's I think it should be on the pre-show, and he should have destroyed Eddie Edwards in two minutes. If you're going to job out the former GHC and Impact Wrestling champion, do it with some style. 
I this can is, get something yeah, out but, of it. But this is the problem, right? It's the problem isn't that he's toxic or whatever. That's wrestlers are what they are. The problem is that there's <laughs> that there's no you know, the personal stuff, I, you know, I kind of shelf sometimes, particularly when they're introducing them in a new way. For me, it's more like, what did he do? You know, he's a big guy. Okay, there's been big guys in yeah. Impact before. And he beat up Eddie Edwards. It's like, okay, so who? where is he going to go next? Is he just going to go straight for the championship? But we know he's not going to do that. Um, is he going to face one of the AEW guys? Maybe, but then again, you're not building them up and he'll get squashed anyway. They 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 wrote, they wrote themselves into a corner here. And what would been more beneficial is if they had to set this up, it was a match. Eddie still could have got beaten, but he you know a good 10-minute match that's competitive with weapons or with a gimmick would have served them both because then he'd be like, well, I beat, as you said, I beat the former... Uh, the former champion, yeah, playing, you know, just decisively in a, in a ten minute match. I want to move on to whoever I want to move on to, and in that way, you have your star kind of already built. Eddie Edwards doesn't look like a jobber because the damage was done to him now, and you're just like, okay, well, as you said, you're left with somebody where nothing was achieved. You beat your champion, and you have a famously toxic wrestler just there. Yeah, you know. So there yeah. you go. It's like, well done, good job, everybody. You failed at everything <laughs> you tried to do. <laughs> Sean, what are your thoughts on this? Eh, it was fine. Like, I I get where the sort of anger comes from, because, like, oh, great, it's Kaz, you know, he, he held promoters at knife point, he's a total mess. And he seems to have turned himself around a bit, at least. And <laughs> he kind of worked as the monster here. It was It was fine for what it was, even if what it was was kind of a drag. It had its moments. It was a nasty apron power bomb that looked cool. The ending can die in a fire. It's I don't really have the energy <laughs> for this one. It's like they clearly didn't. It's like I love Eddie Edwards, but even he couldn't really sort of inject much in the way of life into this. It was just sort of methodical monster beat down for eleven minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think it was about nine minutes too long. Uh, Marcus, um, do you want to bring some positivity to this, or are, are we really off the deep end? I'll give it the old college try. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad. I am glad that, that you and uh, Dara went first. I think you kind of you kind of hit it on the head, even though I, I've I think maybe appreciated more more than uh, you guys have. Uh, nothing for the simple fact that he's kind of. Um, improved in terms of the certainly his look, and um, this is about the fact that we might be talking about this guy in, in, in life past tense because of the, the road his life was going down. So, um, that's mm. that's that's good. Um, with Edwards, like I'm a huge fan of Eddie Edwards. Uh, wish he would have got more out of his title run and kind of. He's kind of on this thing now where he's kind of just fitting in the, in the spaces, not necessarily having a, a consistent ongoing narrative on the show. Obviously, he's a, a impact defender by anybody who kind of comes in and tries to take over. But other than that, he's kind of been spinning his wheels a little bit since kind of falling out of the world's hotter picture. Um, but but this match with Morrissey, it was just like, you know, to Dale's point, it would have just benefited more had it been an actual feud. And it feels like we just got through having a, a deep discussion talking about uh, best in the world about wrestlers who show up on the show a lot and talk about having a narrative but don't really have one. So, yeah. 
you know, with Morrissey, you know, at least to give him a more defined thing. Cause he's going to be this big hulking guy that's going around beating the piss out of everybody and kind of giving those old school, I guess, test vibes in the ring, if you will, um, with the boots and whatnot. Um, just just have him have a defined thing. Like, I'm, I'm going to go through all your former champions to prove that that's exactly what I need to be, or something like that. But just having him randomly picking through guys, specifically somebody like Edwards, who is basically a pillar in this company now. Like, he's been one of the most loyal guys, you know, that yeah. they've had over this, this, you know, last, you know, decade. So, you know, a little bit better treatment of him, certainly. But, um, yeah, like you guys said, that the match was what it was. I think more than anything, John's tone was <laughs> uh, <laughs> the perfect definition for this match. It just, you know, just kind of was what it was. And then, like you said, it could have definitely been short. And if you're going to do that, then, uh, you know, put it early on the card, you know. Yeah, I think so. I think that's the where we're at with this one. The thing that confuses me is they, they brought Morrissey in. They put him with Violent by Design, which, sure, it fits him image-wise, but they didn't need another monster. They've got Jordan. No. Yeah. Like, how do you need another monster when you've got Jordan? <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah, and a very, a very, a very accomplished monster, former Triple Crown champion, as they never failed to tell us on commentary, which he is. You know, he was he was the biggest gauging star old Japan has had for the last fifteen years, and yeah, so it's a bit weird. Why do you need him? I feel like yeah. they could have just put Morrissey in somewhere else, so that he could sort of become his own character and not just another violence by design monster. It's like. Oh cool, this faction has two gigantic killers now, but it's like they only they already had one. Why couldn't he go be a gigantic killer for someone else or for himself? It's again, it's it's all down to narrative and the fact that he doesn't really have any. Yeah. He's just well, there. A wrestler in search of a storyline, shall we say. All right, then, let's move on to the next match, which was a tag team match, which showed the return of your Finn Juice, David Finley, and Juice Robinson, who were wrestling Madman Fulton and Shearer, who were on hiding to nothing anyway, the former IWGP and Impact tag team champions, coming up with another new finisher. I think this is their fifth now, this year, you know, because they, they like to change up a bit. It was perfectly fine. I don't know what happened to Badman Fulton. He used to be the cornerstone monster of impact wrestling like a year ago and now he seems to be cut adrift and clearly about to have a feud with Shearer for reasons best known to themselves um, it gives them something to do keeps them happy I think that's a good thing to keep them on TV and, and sell some compelling storylines but it was basically get Finn Juice over as one of the best tag teams in the world which they are and we'll start with Marcus what are your thoughts on this yeah Finn Juice in an empty room uh, and then all of a sudden, two people start screaming for him, and delight is probably me and James. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I never, you know, complain about seeing, you know, these guys specifically. Juice, love Juice. Um, you know, it's funny. I mean, this this definitely felt like. Uh, I mean, this was the very definition of uh, intermission, <laughs> you know, for the show. Uh, and it's funny we just got to talk about Morrissey. I, Hell, you could have had Fulton and Shearer pissed off about not having a match and just have a pissy Morrissey come out there and just have a Haas three-way. And have yeah. him, you know, if you, if you, you know, having the guy trying to find something, at least have him knock the big guys out. Um, 
you know, so, but, but this was what it was, you know, it was a minute, minute and 15, did what it needed to do, we got to see Finjuice back, um, and, and Foden and, and she, I guess, got to go back to the drawing board, so, you know, it, it was, it was fine. It, it, the only thing that kind of like I had a problem with it, mild problem with it was, is that they're kind of using these shows, New Japan, to push the big show they've got in L.A. in about a couple of weeks' time, uh, where the main event is David Finley versus Jay White for the Never Openweight Championship, which is a bit bizarre then to push David as a tag team wrestler, which he is the very good one, but it's like he's going for a singles title. But that's maybe just me. seemed to be a little bit odd, but you kind of fit things in where you fit things in, I guess. Darrow, your thoughts on this matchup? Um, yeah, like you guys hit the nail on the head there. There's, you know, it was a fun match, um, a match that really didn't. Again, uh, I don't really see the overall um, point of it other than to have Finjuice back, um, which I suppose is is a big is a big thing, and maybe that was the point of this match. Um, but on commentary, that seemed to be it. You know, um, probably. <laughs> There's there's better ways around this again. They could have had like um, you know, the, there was obviously the the Impact World Tag Team Championship uh, match that was on uh, what two matches later. I think you know having them come back for that and winning it would have been cool, but obviously there's reasons they couldn't do that. So this was the best that they could have done. Um, yeah, look, it was what it was. It was uh, <laughs> it, it was it was a good way to get them over, uh, showcase that they still have it, that they're still a, a great tag team, um, and they just basically killed uh, Fulton and Shearer. <laughs> like just yeah. it, it was just a squash match, you know. So if the goal was to just be like, hey, here's a surprise team we have back, and they'll probably make a run for the belts, um, then it was successful. But if it was to do anything else, I think it missed the mark slightly. Yes. I think that's it. It just I, I can't see it doing anything else, and it you fine did what it needed to do really. John, your thoughts? Not a lot to say about one minute and fifteen seconds worth of wrestling, but let us know. No, I feel like we just need like a breakdown of Juice's completely chaotic sense of style. That's that's always what I end up coming to when it's like, oh, Finn Juice are out. It's like, yeah, they're perfectly cool in the ring, perfectly cool to watch. Why does Juice look like he's been electrocuted again? There's just it, there is so much breakdown in just Juice's outfit, and the <laughs> fact that he changes them every few months. It's like I. Uh, oh yeah, I, I I liked Joliet Juice. That was my personal favorite, and I don't think everyone got that. But that was because he's from Cal. He is from um, Joliet in Illinois, where the prison in the Blues Brothers is. So, you know, that was an obvious thing to do. Why not do that? I thought that was really cool. I like that one. That was my personal fave. But he is the flamboyant Juice Robinson. And when you build somebody as the flamboyant Juice Robinson, they have to be flamboyant, don't they? Yeah, but I feel like I'd have, I'd have preferred maybe three minutes of just Juice breaking down his contract and telling me how the fuck he has <laughs> so many outfits than them squashing two credible monsters in like a minute and 15. Like, it's fun. But I genuinely feel like this could have been done in like a promo package or just them coming to the ring and having Fulton and Shearer just be like, oh, how come you're on the card and we're not? And then just Finn just batting them away instead of making it an entirely pointless match. That seems more, more creative. I can understand where you're coming from from that. Right I feel then. like it should Let's have just... been a segment, not a squash match. 
Yes, I think there's a lot of that. There's not an awful lot of interviewing going on. Well, no, I tend not to watch interviews. That's probably my point. There was quite a few segments on this show, but perhaps it, this would be better served letting people talk, I guess. Okay, then we move on to the next match, which was match six. Oh, by the way, we should mention in the commentary was um, Matt Stryker and uh, D'Lo Brown, who are one of my favourite commentary teams. They're oh, very man. good together. They're so good. Look, Matt Stryker is yeah. always brilliant. I love Matt Stryker. D'Lo just brings the brings that little bit of touch of uh, extra personality. It's great. It's really good. They have the yeah. I guess the best commentary team going today. Yeah, I, I, I dig those boys. They actually sound like they're actually having fun and enjoying each other. You know, which yes, not used to. Uh, uh, <laughs> I haven't been used to for a while, so it's it's great. Yeah, I think you listen to like I think those two and Chris Jalton and um, Kevin Kelly in New Japan, and the third member, whether it's Gino or Rocky or whoever, they all sound like they're having fun. Rickabani does as well. He sounds like he's having fun when he's doing commentary, so it makes it more entertaining. Whereas. Yeah. Um, you listen to some WWE commentary and it's like clearly forced because somebody's screaming in their ear all. So yeah. it's or, never... Or, it's never... Yeah. or when Josh has been on, me and James are screaming. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what can you do? Anyway, let's move on to match six, wait, wait, which wait. was a... Speaking, oh, sorry. speaking of former commentators, the most unlikely thing was teased the other day. Bloody What's Steve that? Carino has teased a return to wrestling. In WWE, is he still under contract to them? I don't know the specifics of it. He just posted like a minute-long video of him waking up from some sort of 20-year nap. And he's just like, the return <laughs> and the date, I can't actually remember. But yeah, just because we're talking about commentators. Is he out of contract? I don't know. I genuinely have no other information other than the video that I saw and was just kind of like, holy shit, is Steve Carino going to pick up where he left off and just be the best trash-talking heel there was? We shall see. Indeed. Let us move on then to match six, which featured Chris Saban and Moose go for it in a 12-minute singles match, which again didn't seem to do anything or have much point and I... It was all right. It was nothing wrong with it, per se. It just didn't seem to go anywhere. So we'll start with John. What do you think of this one? See, Moose is... <sighs> Moose is a dick. Like, we'll, we'll just throw that out there now. I don't think anyone gets <laughs> Moose for his personality or his um, backstage conduct. But when it comes to wrestling and it comes to the sort of big matches, the big pay-per-views and things like that, he always pulls out a like an interesting match or he ups the ante to some degree like here he just completely beat the shit out of Saban for half this match and it was relative fun to watch it was pretty much what you'd expect from the pair Moose being a domineering sort of bastard and Saban coming back with veteran instinct and speed I still don't agree with the fact that Moose does Moonsault and Battery and can't do it as well as Shane Mercer so <laughs> Bring Mercer to Impact. That's what I want now. Just bring the person who can actually do Moonsault and Battery properly. But yeah, <laughs> great match. Sort of, well, great in inverted commas. I don't know. I enjoyed it. But like looking back on some of these things, I enjoyed them in the moment when I was watching them. But when you sort of look at them again, it's kind of just like, oh, that's what a bit of a drag. But it's like, I don't want to yeah. back up anything because it's Chris Saban and Chris Saban's trying his heart out. <laughs> 
it's just like yeah it's the fact that the talent in the ring you start like yeah this this should be great but again it feels like it's either gone on too long or it's going at too slow of a pace for you to probably get interested in yeah, I just don't see where they're going with it. I don't see what happens next or what... I mean, Chris Saban's beaten Moose, but Moose has been kind of like pushed for a long time as the big bad monster of impact. So when Saban beats him, who... Saban is always a gifted wrestler, is, uh, you know, is always portrayed as a legendary figure with Impact Wrestling, true, and a former Impact Wrestling Heavyweight Champion, and next division champion, tag team champion, and all the things he's done. So, yeah, it's not unperceivable that he can beat Moose. But are they done with Moose? I know he's open for bookings elsewhere now, So that's but nothing's been announced. So I think they're just milking this feud because they don't know what else to do. I suppose that's a possibility. Marcus, what are your thoughts on this matchup? Yes, uh, I didn't have that big uh, issue with him. Mean, it was cool to see Avon and he got a win, I think. Uh, for me, Moose has probably been one of my more favorite things to watch over this period a couple of years because of like just he's had a really long term progression in the company. Uh, and mm. it's been interesting seeing his evolution in turn. Certainly, this is the best he's looked in his entire wrestling career. And I think he's really uh, found himself in his heel gimmick and then, you know, all different facets with the promo work, the entrance, uh, the attire, all that stuff. Um, I think with this, um, you know, the Don's point about, like, I definitely understand about the, the enjoying it in the moment, but not really feeling like anything afterwards, because, I mean, I appreciated the, the narrative of, obviously, Saban the Storm attacking, Moose took out Storm, and then tried to take out Saban, but Saban came back and trying to get revenge for his partner and himself. I think, overall, you look at the narrative with Moose, he's really been geared towards being the champion, uh, the world champion, and then he he damn near gets there and kind of gets knocked off his perch. And I like the fact that he's only lost like a few times. And when he has, somebody like Swan and Saban have won matches against him, but they didn't beat him. Right, yeah, yeah. You know, um, I appreciate that aspect. But, you know, I feel like now, in terms of the narrative around the world title, because so many things are kind of getting interjected now, he's kind of, you know, being the odd man out. Whereas... Um, now, like John said, it sounds like, like are they done with him or, or what have you? Because, you know, you've kind of interjected, um, obviously, you know, Callahan and, and, and some obviously now, you know, somebody else might be stepping up to the plate. Like, where does Moose, are you just deterring him in his role to actually get in the championship? Because that's been his whole, again, using that word narrative over this past couple of years. So are you just putting in a couple speed bumps? Are you going to pull the trigger? Because I think he resigned and we... <laughs> Any long-term impact fans know sometimes what either signing or re-signing kind of means <laughs> with certain yeah. uh, incentives. So, you know, like I said, it, it'll be a shame if they don't do something because he's he's probably had one of the most consistent bookings of of most of the guys that's been you know on that roster for a while. So, you know, the match was what it was. But it will be interesting to see what he do next. Either he's going to try to finish this feud out and definitively be Saban on a road back to going after the championship. Or like John said, they're just going to milk this and, until they kind of fade him off into the dark. Yeah, so we shall see. Dara, what's your thoughts on this one? Yeah, um, I just want the Modern City Machine Guns back. Um, can we can we make Shelley, that Shelly Shelley is in recovery. He's recovering faster than they thought he would do. 
Yeah, you see, that's it. That's that's all I want. You know, like Saban's great. <laughs> uh, you know, obviously, and it's kind of I don't want to bad mountain because you know he he got killed for like well, about ten ten minutes. Uh, I'm sure it wasn't a good time. <laughs> there were there were some good there were some good spots there. Like Moose, I don't really like. Uh, he will he pulls it out on the big matches. He really does. Um, I just I don't like him. Um, I, <laughs> I just really don't. And um, it's not like Cody Rhodes who you know. There's no reason to like Cody Rhodes. It's more just like Moose. I just don't get it. You know, it's just there's there's one of those things where you're you're watching the match and you're like, okay. When is it? When is he going to be a big star? Okay, he's not. All right, and then that's it. You know, and it's it's one of the things that Saban is like an institution there. With the same with with any of the, you know, as you said with Eddie Edwards as well. And there's these specific guys in Impact who I don't want to call them gatekeepers because obviously they're not, but they are like your, you know, for WWE fans, they're like your Randy Orton's. You know, if you beat them, you're they're they're trying to get you somewhere. Uh, what Moose they've been trying to do it for a while, and you know it seems like he's going backwards instead of going forwards, and I'm just kind of lost. You know, I I maybe it's because of the AEW thing where they've been working with AEW and it's kind of forced us back a little bit, but this really didn't seem like there was any um, logic behind it. But then again, if they had a decent match, you know, it wasn't a bad match. It's just I wish it was for something. I wish there was a reason for it. Um, what would have been cool here is, you know, both these guys maybe feuding with some AEW folks, bringing in some yeah. uh, lower card AEW folks and doing it that way. You know, because if, and I think we said this on the Rewind, um, when you bring in AEW talent and that is kind of taken over your your main roster spot and your upper card, you're left with this, well, what do we do? You know, um, they should really yeah. extend this AEW thing beyond just having Kenny Omega come out and be everybody. Um you know, and, and and maybe that's a way around it. You know, you have some lower mid card guys or sorry, uh, low sorry, lower upper card guys or upper mid card guys um for EW just come in and you know they can trade wins there and at least there will be something. Or maybe have even uh, Moose and Saban as a tag team. You know, oh yeah. look, we're, we're look we're enemies but you know we need to band together for this. Because that would do something. <laughs> it would tell some kind of story. It would just be here's a match, you know. Um, yeah. So look, I'm glad to see no, Saban I, won, but it was it was a cheap win. So I, yeah. I was going to say, surely best friends would be the perfect tag team to go against two guys who go. don't like each other. There yeah. you go. I think that would be sexy amazing. Trent and the sexy Chucky T. Just can do the, it. Yeah, you can do it. Awesome. Yeah, I think it would be great. Yeah. And, and the thing about it is then, right, when Shelly does come back, you have a dream match, the Guns versus uh, the Best Friends. There you go, you see. You can this just thing imagine. right yeah. itself, folks. <laughs> just use Moose. your brain. Just use just your brain. Moose. Just Moose hanging over the top rope, blowing his guts out, looks down, and there's Chucky T with his thumb up in his face. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be amazing. Spot. There you go. Be awesome. See, just the spots you could see. Yeah, no, that's it. And okay, then, we move on to the World Tag Team Championship match, which was a four-way match. Uh, <laughs> why was it a four-way match? Because it was a tournament needed, with these four teams. Everybody needed to get paid. Oh, yeah. This, this was clearly that. 
including guys who only just started working for the company. Um, the Good Brothers, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson, defeated Violent by Design, the champions, Joe Deering and Rhino, as well as Rich Swan and Willie Mack, and Falabar, and the debuting No Way Jose, a Dominican gentleman who I have not seen wrestle before, ever. <laughs> and it was like, he seems quite happy with life. Um, and there, and that was that. And it, it was fun, did really what it needed to do, which was get the tag belts onto Anderson and Gallows so they can do something with it because yeah. they're the biggest tag team they've got. Marcus, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to, you know, uh, this, this this is a shout-out to uh, Dara when it comes to the Good Brothers. I've appreciated them in, in New Japan, but I think they had to do more uh, with the setting and, and how that environment made them act and whatnot. But here, the entire running impact, I just don't like them. <laughs> I just, I just, Fair enough. I just don't like them, and 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 we've had this discussion too, James. They just come off more. The impact guy, they sign the impact, but they come off. They actually feel like AEW wrestlers. Literally, yeah. <laughs> that's mm. it, Marcus. You're spot on. <laughs> that's exactly the feeling you get the entire time they're on the show. That's that's and it's it's always felt like that. Um, and obviously, you know, those guys have certain talent and, and, you know, they've had their run in New Japan and whatnot, but that's just how it feels. And I'm like, you guys just, like, don't take over the whole uh, damn company uh, with, the, with the situation. Obviously, Violent by Design, um, I can appreciate them adding Rhino to that, um, kind of up and getting him back into his violent thing. Um, I'm a huge fan of, of Rich Swan and Willie Mack. I think if you're going to pull the trigger on somebody, I, um, I'll put it on those two. I think, you know, them being a tag team champions have been kind of a long time coming with the, you know, back and forth they had through the friendship and everything. Um, this one's for James. There was no way I saw No Way Jose getting on this show. <laughs> but still replacing TJP, and that's a win for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, let's 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 be honest here. Like, like the show was greatly improved by the presence of No Way Jose purely because TJP wasn't wrestling. Exactly. There you, go. Uh, you know, yeah. about it not getting paid. Hey, that's uh, that's good booking for me. <laughs> <laughs> but but if, if if we go on like who wins the match, not that it needed to be a four way to you guys' point, I'm going with Swan and Mac. But you know they they mm. went back to, to the you know they going with a narrative in which case you know the the, the the other guys will kind of come in and take over. So, ah, we'll get our belts back eventually, I guess. Yes. Dara, what are your thoughts? Because they seem in line with Marcus and yeah, me. No, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, no, Mar Marcus kind of uh, put his finger on exactly the issue with the governors. Like, when you're watching them, they feel like they, they're in AEW influence. Because they are. They're just, you know, not really. And it takes away a lot from them because it's just like, it doesn't help that they then show up and start hanging out with Kenny Omega and you're like, are you part of the AEW invasion? Okay, you're not. You're on the, and it's just, it's really weird. Um, and it just takes so much away from them. You know, um, I, there's no real way that they can um, build themselves up then as their own thing. They're just like, okay, so your whole thing is here. You're just uh, representing AEW, even though you're not. Um, yeah. And I would say going forward, they need to figure out what they're actually going to do. Are they just going to have them uh, as AEW representatives and not really care about 
uh, impact in that sense. The end of the show ended with him standing there, you know, with Kenny Omega after he, you know, won his match. So it's just like, okay, so what? AEW have all the belts now? Is, is that what the storyline is? Because that's never yeah. been clear. Um, and it's not really, you know. Now, the thing about it is, I like Willie Mack. Uh, he's, he's, you know, gas and he's a good lad. Um, Rhino, I love Rhino. Anytime Rhino shows up, I'm like, ah, look at him there. He's great. Um, so, you know, I had, a, I had a good time watching this match. But, um, you know, from a, from an Impact fan perspective, I have no clue what's going on. Uh, with <laughs> you know, I don't know what they're what they're trying to get across here, and it's definitely something that they're probably going to have to address sooner rather than later. Because here's the thing, um, in theory or in practice, even the the belts now are all held by the Bullet Club, right, or whatever. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, oh, no, no, okay, okay. Look, no, I knew no, no. I knew I was going to say that. <laughs> I knew you were going to freak out. But you know what I mean? The, 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 that kind of you know, AW Bullet Club, not really Bullet Club kind of thing. <laughs> uh, and that's 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 complicated because it's like right are you actually yeah. doing this or are you not doing it because you can't just make references and then you know it's it's very very messy and it's, we'll, we'll it's talk it. about we, we can talk about it at the end because there was a yeah. promo on this yeah. week's impact by a gentleman we'll talk, we'll talk about later that's that's why i'm bringing the, it up. Exactly, that yeah. clarifies the whole situation on where the elite starts and where bullet club ends yeah absolutely i think that's a good idea like it's it, but by working in the elite to this this level on another show that doesn't have anyone else, you know what's kind of like, right? It's like in Iron Man. So we're gonna bring in an MCU. Right? In Iron Man three, when you know uh, Iron Man was you know needed some help, and everyone was like, "Yeah, where are the Avengers?" That's what it's like. It's like, where yes. is everybody else? What's, what's going on? Can we not afford people? And that's it. Just looks really cheap. Then you know, it kind of comes off like it, it. It's it's a new version of what Impact used to do in their dark days, where you'd send Road Dog and Billy going out to say Michael Hick Hickenbottom at the Alamo. Yeah, you know that's what it comes off like. It's just it's really weird, and I I hate when they do this. Yeah, it's it's it's. I was carrying. No, yeah, I was just saying it's just weird, you know, how much they're helping, you know, uh, in the, in this particular narrative with the long term goal. You would think of and you know improving and then coming out looking better for, it, but it's like you you did all this help building the house, and I don't think they're gonna let you stay in it. <laughs> like, no. you're not, you're yeah, that's moving. it. They're gonna be like, all right, time to get out now. You know. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not looking good. It's 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 hustling backwards. It's weird. Yeah, I think as well is it's the Deadpool thing, isn't it? Where where all of the other X Men are into the room off to the right. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, it's like I can't yes. afford anyone else. It's like yeah, that's what it comes off. Like you know, it's like when, yeah. the main rule with anything you're doing it shouldn't be reminding you of something better. You know, you shouldn't be like, yeah. oh, wouldn't that be cool? It's like you should just be in it at the moment. And you know, the Good Brothers are a great grab in theory. In practice, yeah. they're just paying some other promote. They're paying some other promotion storyline to take over your show, and then rewarding that other promotion by giving three of your top belts to it for no payoff, for no reason. It's 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 it, it's ter- it's really dumb. I don't, you know, it, we used to joke, you know, everybody used to joke. Dick's character was being worked over. Anthem are being worked over by Tony Khan. So yeah. it's um, like yeah. Like the Good Brothers were an AEW plant before they 
even thought of working. <laughs> it's like here, how can we save some money? Well, if we just, you know, you know, grease these marks, we'll be able to just, you know, instead of paying them, they can just pay them, and we can have an extra show that you know only benefits us. It's weird. It's 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 a very strange thing that Impact have decided to do, and it, and you're seeing the negative effect here that's having it on on their show, where it's like instead of doing stuff that would elevate their talent they're in this weird holding pattern because it's like well we can't we talked about the last two matches were case of point we can't um push these guys beyond a certain point because kenny omega's shown up to garbage wrestle and walk away with our belt it's i don't understand it, it it's it's yeah. they should have learned their lesson when after hogan and they obviously haven't no i think this is the thing is like one at a time it's properly spaced out. Funnily enough, like New Japan have done it with AEW, you send a big star over, there's a big match, you leave it a while, that's fine. Because everybody benefits from that. But as it's the ongoing storyline, and it happened in Japan as well, when Minoru Suzuki was the global honor crown champion, no fans hated it. Because he's a New Japan guy. Well, look, it's like... It's, and, they, they, and, they, and they were that dominant, and they won all the titles, and they kept winning the titles, and they kept keeping the titles... And the crowds went down and down and down. The matches were great, but nobody was watching them. Well, here's the thing, right? Kenta comes into AEW, wins the mm. wins the belt, and then disappears. Or a big a big uh, part of AEW would be, you know, Kenta being the, you know, being dominant on us. Do you, do you honestly think the AEW would be would want that? No, they would not. They'd be like, here, that's not happening. They yeah. know the way to do it. Impact should do the same thing. Where, yeah, bringing in Kenny Omega, it's cool. And they can have your dream matches. But there's no dream matches if there's no stars. If everyone is lower to AEW, anyone who comes into AEW is going to be seen as basically a glorified squash match. And that is what's happening. Yeah, it's uh, it's the elementary kids playing half court. The teenagers come on and, like, convince them, like, you guys want to see some cool uh, cool tricks? And then all of a sudden, the teenagers are playing full court. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. John, do you have any different opinions on this particular match? Or yeah, indeed, yeah. the tag team division in general? I had the biggest smile on my face when the Good Brothers stole the win. Just kind of knew how much it would piss people off. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love them because everyone hates them. Like, it's, I don't hate them. I love them. But I hate AEW. It's one of these things where, like, I just see the reaction they get and I like them more. Like, I've always been a fan of them since New Japan days and just... The fact that so many people now hate them because of this storyline they've been brought into, I just, I gleefully want to root for the villains. Like, don't get me wrong, Willie Mack is one of my favourite wrestlers in Impact. He's incredible. And I wish he'd get more TV time. And I loved the sort of chaotic mess this tag match had. I Good on No Way Jose, I guess. I, I don't see how the <laughs> hell he's going to get used in Impact, but... I mean, it's no. worth try. Why not? It's funny, but uh, I was saving all my sort of AEW has completely taken over Impact and left Impact with nothing narrative until after the main event. But I'm kind of glad we got it all out into the open now. <laughs> it's like Impact is an Impact at the moment. It's it's well, a conglomerate of New Japan stars and bloody AEW stars a- coming in to take the top top half of the show whilst leaving like impact stars floundering for attention in sort of the lower card it's literally just 
it's, it's like being smothered by an AEW New Japan pillow. It's, it's, <laughs> it's really even weirder because in James noticed they always did this thing for a stretch of period of time, and Dale knows this too, where every year Abyss would be out there talking about some they're coming or some crap. Except now the them isn't like another faction in the company. It's a whole other damn company. <laughs> it's like yeah, a lot like, of collaboration, but there's no equality in any of this. That's the thing, and and you know when this happened, you know obviously you know taking away my biases, like you're like okay, this could be cool, but how does it how does it benefit? And it just doesn't, as you said, it's just you know none of this. It, it's kind of like none of this stuff matters until the the real stars come in, and you're like, oh, I've seen this before. Yeah, this doesn't go well, you know. And then it's like okay, well. <laughs> Here's my question: What happens when they when AW stars leave? They have no yes. stars, and then you're like, okay, no. well, you spent how many months building up stars from another company <laughs> at the expense of your own guys, and now everyone who has been beaten looks like jobbers. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's it's. I mean, luckily that kind of thing doesn't happen in the women's division. Oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> Having said that, this was one of the best women's matches from North America I've seen all year, oh, and it brilliant. should have been three times longer. Matt and Thunder night. Rosa, yeah, Matt easily night. by a long, long way. Thunder Rosa is an exceptional talent, and I'm glad that Tony Khan has actually seen enough sense to put money into it. The fact that she wasn't signed properly to AEW until after this match is insane. Diana Perrazzo is the most consistent performer Impact Wrestling has, and she is the true face of the company and the true star of the company. In my opinion, she has been outstanding as the dominant old-school Ric Flair, Nick Bockwinkel-style champion the company so desperately needs. And this should have been the main event, and they should have built it up as Thunder Rosa versus Diana Perrazzo. That would yeah. have been ace. Well, yeah. you know, that's the way things go, I guess. John, what are your thoughts on this match? Because we saved you till last last time, so let's, you can go first this time. I like the way they built this because this was a mystery that actually felt like a mystery because it's like, okay, we've got these tauntings of the NWA, which leads you to believe, oh God, are we getting Deanna versus Mickey James? That's going to be cool. There was all these other talks and all of a sudden it's just like Thunder Rosa. That's fucking incredible. And you, I hadn't thought of it until her music hit and I was just like, of course. And yeah, this was by far one of the best matches of the night. It needed to be longer and just goddamn two exceptional wrestlers doing what they do best. I think this was the most excited the crowd had been at that point since the X Division match. It was just awesome to watch. And I wish they'd shortened a couple of the other matches so this could have had more time. Yeah, I completely agree with you. It's just it's just exceptional. Like just really, really good quality wrestling and I just love these two. I would watch them wrestle forever in a day, and it elevated the Impact Wrestling Champion at the time, which was the kind of the point. And Thunder Rosa doesn't lose anything because it's an opponent she's never faced before. She hasn't figured her out yet. You can make that work. You know, she can have a rematch down the line, which is how you're supposed to book wrestling properly, really, in my opinion. But, you know, Diana Perrazzo can now go to AEW and challenge her back again because, you know, there's all sorts of things you can do with this because it leaves things open. The big possibility, of course, is the NWA Invitational, which Diana Perrazzo has finally accepted an invite to this week on Impact Wrestling Television. Um, Marcus, your thoughts on this one? Yeah, obviously, you know, uh, definitely agree with um, 
with John and certainly everything you said. I mean, look, Deanna has really been, like you said, a de facto face. Um, and that's the kind of what you, you get when your champion's actually in your, <laughs> your company. Um, and like you said, you know, it, it's funny. She was in both Ring of Honor and uh, WWE, NXT or whatever. And this is what she always was trying to be. And, and neither she couldn't do it in either uh, company. But now she's getting to do it on full display. Um, and the creative freedom that she's been allowed and just, you know, improving in, in so many different facets. She really is as good as she's saying. And the fact that, like, besides what happened at the very end of the show, this was the only other thing I actually popped for. Yeah. Um, when Thunder Rosa came out. Because there was also a rumor that somebody uh, could, you know, that, that one of the person that they were dropping, because it could have been a lot of, of false uh, fake outs, and then somebody... Um, like Tessa might have showed up, and then I, you know, I just would have been befuddled um, <laughs> at that point. But that was a lingering possibility. But I'm so glad that it was Thunder Rosa. She's brilliant. I'm almost, as an Impact fan, embarrassed they didn't try and sign her, considering the fact that she was out there um, as as a free agent. But you know, what do you do? Um, yeah, this was brilliant. Like you said, this this could have been the main event easily on any show. And I could have watched this match for another, like you said, 10 minutes. And then, you know, it's just, this is what, like you said, most consistent thing has been with Deanna. She really is the face. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think you could ask for nothing better than this. Everybody loved this. The crowd was into it. I mean, they got dueling chants. This is this yeah. is what you, you know, so. Yeah, this was the hottest match on the crowd as well. Dara, yeah. what were your thoughts on this? Again, like, again, like, to go back to what I said at the start of the show, Impact has always been really two things. Uh, the X Division and the Women's Division. Always. Uh, yeah. Except for when Hogan took over and killed the company. Um, but yeah, like, <laughs> you know, we're going back to it, you know, I, and that's why I'm not, I'm not worried about it long term as soon as they figure this out themselves. And it, it seems like there's two factions at, at Impact at the moment where it's like, the management that know what's going on and they're like okay well look we know what works and then the others who are like aw are brilliant let's let's sacrifice our entire show to aw uh, and they're kind of fighting each other and at the moment i don't know who's going to win uh, but it seems like if the if the actual faction who are like right our x division and our women's division are bread and butter we need to get back to that um, if they win, we're fine. We're we're in for a good show because again, uh, Impact know what they are, for the most part. They know they're the, the basically a, an independent promotion that have access to bigger stars or a bigger audience through cross promotion, and that's that's a cool little place for them to sit. But having uh, Peroso as your, you know, not only your women's champion or your knockout champion, as the face of your company, do that. You know, come on. You know, she's been great. She can have great matches with Emma. We've seen her having those matches with, with her. Um, and to be fair, if you build that out, you can have something that no other women's division in WWE, uh, AEW, or North America in general has because, you know, they're always overlooked for the most part. Um, and then again, if there is a kind of thing where some of the ladies want to leave WWE, they can go to Impact and establish as a, as a great place for for the women to work and be given that that massive platform. So this is cool for them. I, I think it's uh, it shows that one it works because uh, the fans were there and this was the thing they were most into the entire night. Um, the main event they were for for a bit as well, but 
these women went in and had a match, a wrestling match. It was brilliant. The two lads that followed them had to break out barbed wire and chairs to get something the same. That's just like, come on, you know, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Fair play to all of them. And again, I, I hope, I hope that when the dust does settle on this kind of thing, that the big wigs and impact are like, well, what do our fans like? Well, we have the best women's division in the world and we have the X division. Let's run on those things and everything else will fall into place. They should have been a main event. Uh, it's a shame that it wasn't. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Just just outstanding work from both wrestlers involved. Uh, everyone's talked about that one, haven't we? So we should get on to the main event. <sighs> Sammy Callahan lost to Kenny. Oh, so anyone else not speaking on that match? Have I gone through everybody? Yeah, I was just going to laugh because this is going to be probably the most contentious match between us all. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Sorry, I thought I'd just making sure I didn't miss anyone. Everyone had their say on the previous match because Kenny Omega defeated Sammy Callahan by pinfall uh, in a no disqualification match for the Impact World Championship in 27 minutes and 45 seconds. I hate and Sammy Callahan. I find him the most boring, detestable wrestler on the planet. I did not enjoy this match, as you can probably imagine. It was in genuinely kind of like analyzing it. I think it was about 10 minutes too long. It's a no DQ match. They're supposed to be short. So the fact this went for 27 minutes and 45 just blew my mind. I have yeah, no idea it wasn't. It's a mega no DQ match. Those are special. They always <laughs> run. It's still. Like if this is the most brutal wrestler in Impact Wrestling, can't finish this guy off whilst using weapons against him. What? Doesn't make any sense. And it just predictable and boring. Oh, I could actually, you know, oh, he's taken that bump so he can blade. <laughs> oh, look, he's bladed. Yeah, it was just the ref bump was just a disaster. It was just terrible, in my opinion. And not everyone is going to go agree with me. John isn't because he likes Aaron Callan, but it just, yeah, I. And again, it plays into the issue of the AEW-ness of everything. But we'll we'll go we'll save John to last, as this is his kind of thing, and we'll go to Marcus first. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny. This has more to do with my affinity for for uh, uh, for you, but I think I, I I like you hating Callahan more than I actually like. But yeah, I mean, I was into this match, and then it just got to a point where I was looking at my watch, and I didn't even have one on. Um, <laughs> and it's kind of a thing, and I and I did Ken Omega, and I love his theme music. Um, but it, it's to the point, and, and specifically watching him as long as I have in New Japan, e- even with the, the the stupid ref bump, which I, I, I wish somebody would do smarter with, because I you, you meant the minute you see the ref get knocked down, you know not to hit your finish and go for a pin. You know the narrative. Like, you just can't expect a ref to be sliding in. This doesn't happen, but it's this thing with these Kenny Omega matches now where it's like, and I talked about this with somebody else, like, there's a difference between what happens in, in Japan and what happens here. In Japan, Okada will take six back-to-back V-triggers and somehow come back. That's not happening over here. So no, it's no. the same treatment that, that Swan got where it looked like but Swan sold it better because he literally sells death really good. Um, but it's to the point now when you get those string of V triggers, you know what you know what time it is. You're just waiting on the pin. Um, but that was after I was waiting for the match to already be over. After 
some some other moves that you normally finish matches. It had a Ring of Honor vibe to it in that way, at certain stretches yeah. too, um, which is not good. Um, and then you add, add Don in there, and it just if Impact don't know how to do nothing else, it's overbooked the hell out of a world title match. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and it's 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 been better in 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 certain instances, and but but here, between the, the getting back to overbooking and the AEW ness of it all, it just it was a calamity. And like I said, Callahan's okay, but you know he's not really my guy. So yeah, the thirty minutes, damn the thirty minutes was, was a bit overkill. And I think I ended up appreciating what happened after the match more than I ended up appreciating the actual match. Yes, absolutely. And uh, that might be a problem within itself. Dara, what are your thoughts of this? Right. um, Okay. First 10 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) It's the fact that you had to, I'm sorry, it's the fact you had to pause and gather your thoughts. It's just like, go on, sorry, I just made me laugh. I do apologize. No, no, it's all right. The first 10 minutes were okay. And I think if it had been a 10, 15 minute match, I think we all would have been a bit more forgiven with it. Um, the biggest problem here it's that it's overbooked to hell another thing as well you know what they should have done is like, you know we shouldn't be rebooking these shows right this is ridiculous that, that that's a thing that has to be done the the, <laughs> visu- the visual of um, Omega coming out with all the belts is pretty cool right yeah. it does kind of portray him as a big legitimate star for Sammy Callahan to overcome problem is he doesn't right <laughs> <laughs> but not only does he not, it's it's not even in an impact. What he should have done, they should have had it as like a full Metal Mayhem match, because then at least, oh, we're gonna have you in an Impact match, you know, solely. Yeah, to yeah, yeah. You know, um, full Metal Mayhem is our big kind of thing, you know. Do it that way. No, no, just an ODQ match. You know, the Sammy Gallahan doesn't have the personality that, like Moxley has. Where, you know, it's like, oh, it's time to do some fucking garbage wrestling, and then they go off and do it, and it's like, oh yeah, you know. It's not there. Callahan is, he is what he is. He's found his niche, and I'm I'm not a huge fan of him. I don't hate him, but he doesn't have the personality to carry this kind of yeah. thing with Omega. Omega is very boring. Um, and he he is cool, and he does some, do some cool things, but he's very boring, and um. You know, this this would have, like, obviously we saw what he did with Moxley, where even at that point, it got kind of boring. This got boring after 10 minutes. <laughs> it was just like, okay. <laughs> For everything that I've said, there was no rhyme or reason. There was no impactness to it. Uh, the commentators were struggling, really, in lots of ways. When you, when you go back and watch the match, they're actually struggling to even kind of call this match because they know what's coming and doesn't benefit them. No. Um... Why was it the main event? You know, if it was the main event to, you know, to, to set up what happened afterwards, okay, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, this impact need to be aware that this isn't working. Um, this whole thing, this whole experiment has gone on too far. Having your belt as uh, an accessory for another man in another promotion is, you know, cooking out like you wouldn't believe. And um he's having kind of should be shouldn't be in a main event. Also, you know, no. just, everything about this was just was off. You know, it just I, look, hold on, before you jump in, right? 
using, I a pizza, using a pizza cutter in a main event. I hate that. I hate that. You know, fair I, enough. I, I just like <laughs> it's just so garbage. It's just this is not wrestling. This is absolute shite. And I know, and I know, and I know, and I know, I know. Look, John, I know you like that matches and stuff like that, but I appreciate them too. But for me, the Impact Belt has a bit more prestige than rolling around, you know, hitting each other with pizza cutters. It's like, come on, really? That's what we're doing now, okay? You know, it's just, I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that is a complaint the AAA fans have had for the past year about the fact that Omega hasn't really done an awful lot for AAA as their mega champion and doesn't no, defend the title fuck off. Off enough. He's done fuck <laughs> off. Oh, 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 look at me. Look at all my belts. I'm like, great. That's cool for a promotion that's gone. If you want to walk out with the, or even the old belts, if you want to walk out with the European Championship from back in the day, that's cool. Like, oh, look at that. You don't do it for like real promotions that are there today that those belts have value. It's just like, if everything is five stars, nothing is. If 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 those belts don't mean anything, then they never will. You know, it, it, I hate it. I hate this. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry That's okay, no. You see, I thought I would be the one that would be vitriolic against this match, but I didn't think you would be as much. Well, I didn't even realise I would until I started talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite wrestling promo this week. <laughs> John. Would you like to put a positive twist on this particular I'm, matchup? I'm going to try to. It was way too long. I can agree there. I I feel like it needed to be more, especially with the build-up they had to this, all the Callahan's promos, all the attacks. It needed to be more than a basic Nordy Q match. I was hoping, because Omega seems to love doing deathmatch stuff, or at least hardcore stuff. I was hoping we'd get a barbed wire massacre. I know it would be the second in a row on a big pay-per-view, but the one against Edwards was awesome, and I wanted to see something like that again. What they tried to do worked half the time. It was way too long. It didn't have the impact I wanted. The ref bump can fuck itself. There was so much <laughs> wrong with it, but I enjoyed it. I tried to enjoy it. It's I love Callahan. I think he's he's not built for like soft car like hardcore wrestling if you get what i mean he's not built for the nord eq stuff he's either built for a straight up brawl where he excels or he's built for deathmatch stuff where he excels this middle ground isn't for him and i was really sort of pissed off at the fact he didn't win because they built it like oh this is it impact got its hero it's not the hero it wants but it's the hero it needs blah 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 yeah, and then he lost. Now I'm just kind of like, what was the point in any of this? It's I yeah. Just... When you go, sorry to interrupt, but when you go down that line, you have to pull the trigger. You can't like pull back on it, or else that guy's suddenly left out in the breeze. I mean, I don't care about Simon Callan, but it's not good for your character development down the line. If it weren't for what came next, I would have been furious with this, but because <laughs> it was clearly just another piece in a larger puzzle of Impact burying itself under more shit. It's just, yeah, of course they pulled this stunt. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm not going to defend this match to the death because I don't think it's worth it. It's, It was good for what it tried to be, but it was way too long and they didn't really commit to enough violent spots. It turned into a plunder match that just kind of descended into basic 
hit each other with items, deathmatch. It wasn't... It was old school sort of CZW trash and not the good type. So no, I can't... I don't want to just defend this match to the death. I enjoyed it at the time, but it was way too long and... As much as Omega tries to commit to the hardcore stuff, it's it's just not particularly entertaining to watch. Like, if he was in the ring with Gage, who can take a pizza cutter and make it look cool, because he doesn't overuse it, and just, yeah, where you've just got total carnage for, like, 10, 15 minutes, 20 tops, yeah, sure. Then you've got it, but Callahan isn't, isn't built for DQ stuff. He's built for one extreme or the other, and it just... As much as I love him, this match got really dull. There was nothing <laughs> like uh, you know, John. Like there, I agree with you. I think uh, Gage would have been would it would be completely different. We'd have a totally different conversation. But like you know, what's the difference between this and any of the other matches that they've had? There's none. Like there was no big spot where you're like, oh, that was cool. Like the last tables. Why didn't you break out some glass tables? You know, it's like because that's never been done in Impact before. Um, that would be cool. Like, you know, introduce oh, that. In, you know, I'm in full agreement. If they'd have suddenly bust out light tubes, I'd have been over the bloody moon. Yeah, that's something as well. Yeah, this is it. Callahan does death matches. Callahan's done death matches. If he's promising to bring absolute hell to Omega, why didn't he bring absolute hell to Omega? Like, like a barbed chair. Look, I'm not going to say that. That doesn't hurt. Probably hurts a great deal. <laughs> um, but. <laughs> You know, what I'm saying is, it's just like, okay, we've seen that before. We've seen worse before. Uh, you know, there's a barbed wire massacre, like the last pay-per-view. This was a step down. It, it, they should have been like, right, there's going to be one mad spot in this that people are going to talk about. Because that's how you build these matches. You build them or, or else they become your spot, my spot. You grab a weapon, I hit weapon. Oh, we fall down. You know, that kind of thing. It's like, no, you build up some big spot. And if they had have been like, oh, my God, it's so crazy. We can't beat them. Even keep it as it was, right? Short it down by 10 minutes. The Good Brothers come out and bring out the glass tables and the light tubes. And that's how it finishes. That would have been sick. But no. Was that, they didn't. Was, there's also the point as well where you're expected to know what's going on on AEW television, right? Because that's the way they sell the story. And we knew John Moxley blew up Kenny Omega and couldn't beat him. Yep. So how's Sammy Callahan supposed to beat him in a non-blowy up type match? Yeah, and, and I almost felt like yeah. there was more deathiness to his match that he had some years back with Pentagon. So oh yeah, yeah good show. Uh, and when yeah. you do stuff like that and just hearing you guys go back and forth, I'm like, has he peaked? <laughs> And impact because because now I'm thinking like he's done this with uh with with Pentagon he's done this with guys like Trey Miguel this is kind of like uh if he was Triple H this would be his version of Hell in a Cell mm. where he tries to you know close a guy out but I'm like if you ain't winning in none of them like you might want to get a new type of match or something <laughs> that's it Callahan they gave him the belt for such a short time and then jobbed him to Tessa. Who then betrayed the company? I thought this was Impact's apology to him. Like, all right, nobody else has been able to kill him. Here's your chance. Have the title. But no, it's I don't he know why. That. And then Kano's like, no. I don't know why Callahan is so loyal to Impact. They have him lose all the fucking time. Where else is he gonna go? Yeah, there is the point that he's been fired from every other job he's ever had. 
you know, it's it's just, it's just kind of like, well, you know, I might as well stay here. Or else I'm going. As I said, a lot of people on the the show looked homeless, including Callahan. Like if I passed him at the bus station, I would throw him money. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the thing. Um, let's move on to what happened next, because after the main event. Everything went quiet as they cleared the ring from the mess that they'd made, which was suspiciously cleared very quickly. Um, but then the music of one Switchblade Jay White. The Switchblade character, funnily enough, was once rumoured to belong to Sammy Callahan before Jay White came on the scene. But Jay White got the job after a disastrous World Tag League tour for Sammy Callahan, which is, you know, the way things go. Hmm. Anywho, Jay White came out to confront Kenny Omega and did pull a promo on Impact Wrestling later in the week, uh, where he said, and I quote, I want to talk to the biggest fans of Bullet Club, and the fans started chanting, too sweet. And he said, no, no not you. I'm talking about the Good Brothers, because they've applied to be in Bullet Club again. And actually, it's not 2015 anymore, and we want real wrestlers in Bullet Club. Um which is kind of what summed up the arrival of Jay White. He made everybody else look small. And that was my take on it, really. Dara, what's your thoughts? Because this plays into what you've been saying so far. Because now not only have you got one guy who's a top guy for the coming company come in and destroy everybody, you've managed to get another guy come into the company who's just laid everybody flat with a two-minute promo. And he looks better than everybody else already. What's your thoughts? Well, that's it. You know, they needed they needed that kind of reset. They needed that... Um that leveling of the play of the playing field so you know it's if jay white is going to stay in impact um and they're going to build the company around him as such that's cool because you know he set himself up that way but if it's a short-term thing and he goes back to japan or uh even jumps to AEW, then you know we've just replaced one bad one one bad decision with another bad decision um, so I would hope that promo is like, okay, well, we're going to start building. This literally happened in WCW, by the way. You know, I don't know how many <laughs> big WCW fans, but this is what happened like 20 years ago. This is where the re- rewind's important. That's why we do it to kind of, you know, so people will learn from it, but they don't. And there, this happened with NWO and, and WCW guys, where eventually the WCW guys weren't able to break past the NWO and it ended up crashing the company. So what needs to happen here is, which with uh, JY, he needs to be like, right, if we're going to be an impact, we're going to start building our talent up and then kind of taking it to the elite or to the AEW guys to come in. And that's what needs to happen. So yeah, a promo is great. Promo is a good way to start, but they need to start getting some of the wins up. So the next time they meet or the next time there is this elite um, impact exchange in the ring, impact needs to win. And I'm not saying, look, you know, I'm not saying he needs to lose the belt straight away, but definitely he needs to win. They need, they need to start getting wins and they're just not. They're just not getting wins. So Jay White yeah. needs to win his match, even if it is a non-title match with Kenny Omega. He needs to win against the Good Brothers. They need to start getting wins up here like really quickly and start building up some credibility. Because if not, we're right back in where we go again. A promo is brilliant, yeah. but it needs to be followed yeah. in the ring. I hope Jay brought somebody with him. That 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 needs the. If you know, I'm hoping that Gorillas of Destiny are available. Marcus, Gorillas of Destiny fan that you are, will you join us on this comment? Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I never um, <laughs> turned down seeing the G.O.D. Uh, at all. But I, I think 
overall, this kind of this sums up the mess that we've been talking about for the past hour and some change. You have a guy from New Japan coming to Impact. Uh, brilliant. I mean, Jay White's brilliant. Um, you, you don't find you know more people at, at that type of heel level than than you know Jay White's in that upper echelon. But you got a New Japan guy coming to Impact to uh, basically chastise two guys that used to be in New Japan uh, that want to get back in the New Japan faction that feel like AEW guys, but work for Impact. <laughs> oh, man. That needs to be on a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Sums up the best. And the guy who who Impact is looking to be their new, now hero is still from New Japan. Like, it's... Yeah. It's, this, is, this is the mess we're in. Like, this is the... the <laughs> kicked off the show saying the company has gotten better. You know, um, which really just shows you where it used to be in terms of that, that whole, you know, uh, I call it the cash flow positive era. No shot at Dixie, but that, that constant quote was hilarious. Um, yeah, that, <laughs> that just kind of shows you the bubble that they're in right now. Like, the 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 savior has nothing to do with impact. Like, it's as much as I love the guy, it's Jay White. He's not going to look out for anybody more than he's going to look out for himself. Wow. That's his entire character. The last three minutes, the last three minutes of the show was the only time the show didn't feel like an independent show. Exactly. Yeah. And, and and when I say luck out for himself, regardless of how people feel and how cool it is, he's still a new Japan guy. So what's gonna be best for him is ultimately gonna you're gonna take that momentum back the way he was. So it's like I don't know, again, it, it's it's the you know, impact, you know, came with the dodgeball, but they didn't get picked for the game. No, I mean, yeah. this is the this is also the thing. Before we go, John is is that Kenny Omega basically started AEW to get away from Jay White, so he's scared of him. That's one good thing they've got going for them. But equally, why isn't this happening in AEW? <laughs> it makes no mm-hmm. sense. It makes no sense. <laughs> Which Blade like... three sixteen arrive wreck shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. John, what are your thoughts on the idea of Jay White and Impact Wrestling? Yeah, I, I marked the fuck out when White's music hit, because I was like, holy shit. Okay, Kenny Omega's been here, now Switchblade's here. I'm like, this is awesome. This is what Impact needs. Sure, it's not an Impact star, but screw it. Anything to topple Omega at this point, right? And yeah, I... It doesn't fix any problems, but I'll accept the fact that we might see Switchblade and some other Bullet Club stars tear it up on Impact, which will be fun. And yeah, they're going to probably wreck shit and leave, but again, it'll be fun. And <laughs> at this point, since we've talked about WCW so much, I want Impact to just kind of jump the shark and have David Arquette win the X Division title. <laughs> <laughs> That's genius. Like, screw it. He he wrestles. Why not? Let's let's do it. That just sounds like a long ploy by you, John, to to somehow get him back to inevitably uh, another match with Nick Gage. Uh, I don't think I'll get that dream anytime soon, but just imagine that. Impact has jumped the shark that many times in its bloody history. I, I can't not see them just being like, oh shit, we have a chance to use David Arquette, should we? 
Where should we put him? <laughs> How about we put him on the X Division champion? But that's like the only title other than the women's title and the women's knockout tag titles that aren't owned by someone who isn't Impact. I don't care. It's David Arquette. Do you know the only person in Impact I desperately want to see wrestle Jay White? Diona Perrazzo. Because that would be fantastic. That would and be something. I would, that would be something different. And I don't think they'll ever play with it again because I think Tessa's ruined that for everybody. However, Diana Perrazzo versus Jay White, the two most cerebral wrestlers in um, wrestling today, the people that thinking persons wrestlers and ultimate defensive wrestlers against each other, nothing would happen for 25 minutes and you'd be spellbound. And I think that'd be ace. But... I don't think we'll see it because they've they've gone off the intergenderness of it all. But there we go. Anyway, so, but yes, to to finish off the story of basically the Kenny Omega J Y thing. So Kenny Omega did leave Bullet Club to with the rest of the elite at the end of their New Japan run, um, essentially because they were kicked out by the Gorillas of Destiny and Haku. And you know, if anyone's going to kick you out of anything, it's going to be Haku. Um, and so therefore they are no longer members of Bullet Club. Obviously the Good Brothers left Bullet Club when they went to WWE and kind of want back in to Bullet Club and have started appearing on New Japan shows for the first time in a few years as they're on New Japan Strong. But it sounds like the Gorillas of Destiny, who broke all their records in New Japan Pro Wrestling, aren't that keen on the idea of having their former mentors back in the company because it's more competition. And it is interesting, just to go through all the comments that have been said, my favorite thing about the Good Brothers, well, the commentaries were said, uh, the Good Brothers, um, actually, when they lost the tag team titles uh, to Finjuice uh, a few months ago, posted that, you know, this was a great matchup. And uh, Tama Tonga replied with, yeah, you couldn't beat the third best team in New Japan. What do you expect? Which is really the whole problem Impact Wrestling has right now. And Tama Tonga, who's a very smart man, kind of outlined the whole issue uh, about six months ago. But now we can see it as foreshadowing. Aside from that, we've talked fairly long about this show. So let's have our final thoughts on what we think of the actual wrestling. Marcus, what did you think of the whole show as a whole, despite the issues we talked about? Uh, despite the issues, um, you know, I actually, I, I did like the show. Um, Slammiversary is usually some of the some of their better shows, they've, they've kind of been making it also like, um, you know, the surprises uh, type of deal. Um, and, and besides certain things that should be on the card and not and what have you, and uh, <laughs> TJP not being almost takes it up a letter grade. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, 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 I liked the show overall. I will say it was, it was certainly a, a fun night for me. I think... Uh, you know, having this discussion has been very therapeutic in a healthy way of kind of taking the visor off um, or, or the goggles, if you will, and kind of seeing things for what they, they actually are. Because that's I mean, there's no other way kind of to put it the way, you know, we, we have here. But uh, I do like uh, a lot of stuff on this show. And, and, you know, to John's point, you know, some of the, the momentum that's coming from some of these new faces. But ultimately, you know, to Dare's point, we, we, we got to get back to these wins. You know, there's no point in, in starting and, and keeping up a narrative that you ultimately get put out of. Um, but but just on this show, I, I did I did overall enjoy this show. It certainly was better for me than than a certain bank pay-per-view. <laughs> 
John, what are your thoughts on the overall thoughts on the show? In the moment, this was, yeah, it was fine. I I had fun watching it, mainly because I didn't have to worry about reviewing it or anything. I could just sit back, relax, and watch and laugh at some of the train wrecks I was seeing. But it, it the problem is, it doesn't really go anywhere at the end of this. Like, sure, Switchblade appeared, but he's probably going to be a temporary fixture to make some new stories, and then he'll fuck off and the company will be in a hole again. It's It was a great show, but it was that was just it. It was a great show. It doesn't really lead to anything. Okay. Dara, your final thoughts on uh, Impact Slammiversary. Yeah, so overall, like, I, it was it was a good show until you thought about it. It's kind of like when you see Suicide Squad <laughs> for the first time, the first movie, where you're like, hey. You all right, Dara? Dara? It's ironic he talks about Suicide Squad and gets a technical fault. <laughs> Dara! Are you there? Dara, what's happened to him? Dara's online. Hey, oh, Dara. Hello. Hey, I'm back. I'm you, back. You you cut off there. You got as far as it's like Suicide Squad. And it's okay. Like... Okay. Grand. Yeah. Like, well, like, geez, the whole Morrissey didn't get to him. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll I'll go in. I know I know what I was saying. So yeah, it's it's like the original Suicide Squad. You know where it's fun in the moment, and then you think mm. about it, and you get more and more angry, and <laughs> that's kind of what happened. Um, it had some good matches, had some good moments. It's a good watch. It's much better than Money in the Bank. Uh, it's better than a lot of shows that I've seen in a while. Impact, I still think, has the potential to be the best, just pure wrestling that exists there today. But they have to get back to doing wins, and they need to decide what Impact is and stick with it. Yeah, I think that's probably the fair assessment of the whole thing. I think it's cool having occasionally people dropping by to have big matches that don't really mean anything because it draws, yeah. draws new people to the audience. But when the main feature is a bunch of guys who work for the people or appear to work for the people, then really who's watching your impact guys. And I think that's the issue. You I should, think as well, it took her. Sorry. You should know who they're working for. We shouldn't be sitting here going, Jesus, uh, bullet club really feel like they work for AEW when they're contracted for impact wrestling. That shouldn't be a thing. You should never be watching, like, WWE go too far where they block people down. But, yeah. you know, maybe you're like, actually, maybe that's a good idea because at least you know who they work for, you know? And it's just, that's a weird conversation to have. That's a weird mindset to put yourself into when you're, like, agreeing with WWE's uh, policies. But, you know, this just proves it. A, uh, Impact Wrestling need to sort their house out and understand what, what, where they want to go. Because it's nearly there. They were there before during the during the pandemic. They were actually there and like quality show. And now yeah. they're they're in danger of throwing that all away again. So yeah, it's uh, it I, is because we we champion we champion collaboration here. But it's like they're they're playing too well with others. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like New Japan used to like occasionally they drop somebody in from Noah into the G one. You knew they weren't going to win, or they might get to the final, but they weren't going to win the tournament. And it was fine, because, you know, it all new Noah guys might watch this for a change, because their guys are in this show. And then they go back to Noah. No harm, no foul. Everybody's a winner. They got some big match wins over some big names, and they went back to their home promotion. And Noah would get some guys from BJW to be in there 
tournament and so on and so forth. And Just look, to ev- mix things. And look, that's, everyone, that's fine. Look, everyone getting, not- and everyone getting paid and having a good time is fine too. You know, I just want to be clear yeah. on that, you know, but mm. you're right, you know. Impact's kind of like Ralph Wiggum at the moment. Everyone's just taking advantage of him because he's got access to police lock-up fireworks. Oh, and the skeleton key. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what Impact is at the moment. Everyone's like, okay, they've got all these connections to these worldwide companies. We can we can take advantage of this. And AW's just kind of like, okay, we've got this little seashore we can work with now. Because that's what it's becoming in the upper card. It's just AW versus impact top stars where AEW just gets to look good it's oh man uh james the the the, the thumbnail for this show needs to be like ralph wiggum wearing an impact shirt and then like, <laughs> uh, barrett wearing an AEW shirt but oh, oh, i mean real real quick does it does anybody have any options because we, we talked about you know the, clearly we know the problems but in terms of the solution because like you said, there he has to drop that damn belt, and it can't go past Bound for Glory. I didn't think it was going past Slammiversary. Um, anybody got any options of who they want him to drop it to? I just want Impact Stars to appear on AEW. It's been a really <laughs> one-sided thing. Yeah. It's like if they send Impact Stars over to AEW so it felt like a two-sided war, then sure. Like, why isn't an Impact Star holding an AEW championship? Because AEW uh, would never allow that. It's it just feels really one-sided. I think Saban, actually, if you're going for pillars of the company, you've been there forever. You've kind of just spoiled Eddie Edwards losing that match. You can't really do that for a bit. So I think Saban's had the big win over Moose. So therefore, I think Saban gets a big long bill to Bound for Glory and wins the championship in the manner he won against Bully Ray after being the baby face that got beat down forever and then gets a big pulls out a big victory unexpectedly and the crowd goes nuts because they're pulling for the guy who's been the guy forever or cowboy james storm who was always supposed to be the proper heavyweight champion and only ever got a six-day run and i think it'd be worthwhile with him doing it as well but i think it has to be a pillar of impact wrestling like a 20-year guy to be able yeah. to kind of have the impact if you'll pardon the pun uh, that they want the most logical person it would be AJ Styles but obviously he's not going anywhere um so yeah I think James <laughs> Storm would be a good show yeah it's, it's either going to be AJ Styles Bobby Roode or Samoa Joe yeah <laughs> yeah Swan, though, that's the thing they'll probably just come full circle and Swan will beat him I, Maybe. I don't want to eat it it's it's all right but I think we kind of yeah you see, this is the thing, it's like, and it's like direct potential what Dara said. I, I care about the X division and I care about the women's division. Really not that bothered about the men's division in, in Impact Wrestling. And I don't see why then they just push Dorana Peraza to the moon, like make her the focus of your show. Or make the women's division because it's more exciting the focus of your show. Well, that's just that, me. See, that's it. Like, you know, I think what, what brought them to the dance was that. And that's what everybody liked. And then when they kind of went into just being like everything else, they just default to being everything else you know uh, well, see, i think i think they they followed the wrestling logic well it's only heavyweight men that can draw and that's the way it's always been so that's the way it's should always be when they Jordan clearly it's out there to murder him yeah that would be the coolest see, thing ever see that's that's the thing to pertaining to what you said earlier Dara, about the number of people who look homeless 
all the women have individual characters and you can tell i can tell what tasha steels is about by the yep. way she dresses and conducts herself i can tell what jordan grace is by the way she dresses and conducts herself i can tell the story of dorano Perazzo by the way she walks to the ring all the guys mm, not all of them but like the ones that just don't have any personality and there's so many of them that's that's an issue they need to address yeah. that because again when a guy comes when a guy comes look, in from an outside company it doesn't look like they can beat him look the, the thing about it is guys coming in from the outside company i actually kind of hate it because it's like it's never done right they're always just getting over because who they were elsewhere what's special about a talent like the women what's special about the women is they're superstars <laughs> you know yeah, the they're literally like, there you go. The women all had to be wrestlers. You guys don't, you know, and that's that's the problem with Impact. It's like they go, and then when they finally get there, they they pick up the castoffs from WWE. They're like, oh, come on now, come on, look, here's all the belts. Yeah, all right, yeah, there's money, right? There we go. And then you end up with, <laughs> with what's your man? Not Zack Ryder, the other guy. My. My. Yeah, that guy, the other edgehead. It's like he's not a star. He never was. What are you doing? Fuck off! You know, it's, just, <laughs> it's just like you weren't a star in WWE for a reason. Go away! Like these <laughs> facts. These the facts. Yeah, I mean Cardona at least has talent and as a personality. Yeah, Myers. My. Myers is a good, solid worker, and he's never going to be. He's going to be Andy guy to have around, but he's not a guy you build a company around or no, build a I, feud around. Or yeah. And look, it's okay to have the, the journeyman wrestlers were a thing for a reason, and I respect them, and I think it's great, right? And you need those guys, but you don't build companies around them. You don't. You don't make them your top guy. You don't sacrifice. You, you, they're there to get the other guys over. Again, WWE go way too far with this. But at least there's some kind of consistency behind it. With the impact TNA, they're like, oh, wow, they were on WWE. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Did you see? No, quiet. Quiet, Bobby Roode. Go away now. Quiet, AJ Styles. You know, don't get uppity. And then you end up losing them. It's like, you know, you got, they, they need to understand what happened here. And they got it. They got it for about six months during the pandemic. And now they're, they've lost it again because they're, they're, they, they've been, they're swindled. They're like... They're they're like the, the young actress that, that goes to LA and she gets she ends up being a prostitute on the street because she was sold to be a superstar somewhere. That's what's gonna happen to Impact again. That's a bit harsh. That's a bit dark. But yeah, hey, look, it's I'm concerned. I love Impact. <laughs> I love Impact. It's just I've seen what happened before. They've been they've been abused by everyone from Hulk Hogan to, to you know Jeff Jeff no no sh- no shade to Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett's a great guy. But you know, the, everyone had a go at him. It's like, come on, will you just be good? Fair enough. I think on that note, we should close the show. And thank you for listening to the Trippy Show and the Wrestling Rewind on this Slammiversary special. I'd like to thank our guests today, Mr. Marcus Green of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Where can we find you, sir? Oh, man, always a pleasure. Um, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, that's at ParadoxKid, P-A-R-A-D-O-X-K-I-D. Hit me up about anything we talked about, anything else. And uh, just be sensible, and I'll be happy to talk to you. There you go. Be nice, everyone. Just saying. Mr. John Dinsdale, indeed, the editor of Death at Steel Chair Wrestling Magazine. Where can we find you? 
You can find me at Twitter at John Deathman. That is the gateway to hell to find anything relating to my writing, my opinions, which probably aren't quite as explosive as Dara's, to be honest. I've actually been outdone. <laughs> like, holy shit. <laughs> but yeah, John Deathman, there's writings, reviews, opinions. Hell, I'm even doing film reviews now because Letterboxd is a thing. There you go. And finally, of the wrestling rewind, and the man who is strong in his opinions. Will you please, well, please tell us where you are? Can we find you on the internet, Dara? I apologise for uh, flying off the handle there. You know, I, I get passionate about things. I get passionate about things. See, How much Dave, coffee have you had today? I've had a lot. I'm not going to lie to you. Oh, there you go. All right, you, there at least go. you're getting passionate about proper things and not just Master Wato's stupid outfits. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, usually Dave is able to, to keep, keep me in control here, but he's not here, so we blame him. And send them your abuse uh, at DDaveStevens. Um, hashtag save Dave. But if you want to reach me, you can at DaraWV on Twitter. Uh, I usually talk about either wrestling or hacking. So they're the two things. If you like those things, you can you can follow me there. And of course, uh, the rewind, the the wrestling rewind every Friday um, about eleven thirty Irish time, and then it's up on the True Penny channel as well every week. Uh, at the moment, we're getting ready to go through the rest of our WCW run, but um, when WWE and AEW st- stuff shows up, we uh, jump into that as well. So uh, yeah, if you have anything you want to talk about, reach us on uh, Twitter and we'll talk about it. Thank you very much for listening to the Troopany show today. My name's James Troopany. You can find me at Sheriff Lone Star on Twitter. You can find the show Troopany show on Twitter and on Facebook and Patreon, where you can keep Troopany show free forever for everyone uh, at the Troopany show. That's it for us. Um, next week, we might have that indeed. Dave Stevens on a show with me, which I keep teasing, but then good wrestling stuff happens. And there was a New Japan show today, so we should probably review that. And then I might have off Dave. Till I, the I week hope, after. I hope you gave him abuse, James. That's my hope. I we we bonded actually. Oh. We we had a really good bonding session. There was a lot of <laughs> happiness and joy, and uh, we talked about the greatness of um, Les Kellett. Well, well, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was emotional. Um, but anyway, yes, you'll find out when you listen to the Troopney Show either next week or the week after. I can't leave it too long. Um, but I'm, I'm desperate to get the show out, but really cool wrestling stuff keeps happening. And there was a big show from the Tokyo Dome today in front of about 12 people, which you probably should review. Anywho, I will see you next week. Take care. Bye. Bye.